The ministry of John the Baptist has always been one that fascinates me. Uh, he's the forerunner of Christ. So he comes to prepare the way. And he comes to gather the people of Israel together. He preaches to all of them. Um, at this point, it's been a long time in history since someone spoke uh, before the people as God, as, as the prophet to the people. It's been a long time historically uh, by the time he gets on the scene. God's people at that time were divided in many different groups or sects, you might say. Uh, just to name a few, there was the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees, who we heard about today in the Gospel. The Pharisees were known for their careful following of the laws of, of the Old Testament. Um, but sometimes I think their, their following the law was, in some sense, kept them from really becoming an influence on the people around them. So they were separated from society in such a way that their, their message of following God maybe was not always effective. The Sadducees were a powerful group. They were in league with Herod and the, the leaders of the time. They, they were the priestly class, so they had a, a certain level of uh, authority, you might say. But they were also known to be corrupt at this time and lots of uh, problems with that. And so they really were no longer serving the people so much as kind of living off of the, or using their status to enrich themselves. So there's problems there as well. Another group called the Essenes were a group that were kind of a, an apocalyptic group. They lived off in the desert and they were sort of a monastic group that were awaiting the, the time of uh, the end of the world or the depending on which group you talk to, they had different ideas of what, was, what they were waiting for. Some even suggested maybe John the Baptist was an Essene at some point since he lived in the desert, but that's uh, just a speculation. Another group would be the Zealots. So these would be the ones that were trying to overthrow the Romans by military power. So you can see there's lots of different, the terrain, that you will, as, you, as it were, of the people of God at this time is very kind of scattered and broken, and there's lots of different ideas of who we are and what we are about. So John comes on the scene, he's preaching this message of repentance. He doesn't hold back, right? He's pretty, he's pretty uh, out there. He's, he's willing to say some hard things. His main focus is not so much on how his message is received, but rather that he says the message. Repent, turn away from sin, turn back to God. That's his main message. And today he's baptizing and helping people to take on that, that repentance. He seems to be um, pretty, pretty harsh at times. You know, uh, it's a message which God has again and had to say again and again over the course of history. So it's nothing new. It may seem like God is, you know, picking on us when we hear this, but really, God is looking for us. He's He's trying to call us back to Himself. He's calling us back from the harm that our sins do. That our that our wrong actions do in our lives. The people needed to hear this then, and they continue to need, need to hear it over the course of history, and I would say for our time too, we need to hear the, the message of repentance once again. So, we maybe hear these words, you brood of vipers, and it sounds like, ooh, that is, that is pretty harsh. John, can you be a little more gentle, please? I, I don't want to be a brood of vipers, but... It's, it can be a little hard. It cuts to the heart. But what is he trying to do? He's trying to get in there and, and cause a little discomfort, right? He's trying to wake them up to their, to their ways, their pride or their indifference. He's demanding that they produce fruit. He wants evidence of their repentance, not just words, not just 
uh, sort of an idea of repentance, but he wants them to turn their lives around. Make a change in your life, he's saying. Show by your deeds, show by your actions that you have turned back to the Lord. It's kind of a repentance uh, which, in a sense, opens us up to Christ, right? Repentance has a way of breaking us open, opening us to receive what is God wanting us to receive. There's a way in which when we have that vulnerability of, of recognizing our own sins, our own problems, and coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to change. I want to make this change in my life. When we're in that situation, when we're in that place, we're ready to, to, to make a real change in our life. The image that he uses of the grain and the chaff is a, is a powerful image. The burning of the chaff helps us to understand what God is looking to do, right? Chaff is that refuse that we get when you harvest a grain. You have to separate the grain and the, the other products. And so there's various ways of doing that. And it needs to be separated if we're going to make use of the grain. So if we're going to use the fruit that, that is there, we have to separate out the chaff. How do we receive John's preaching today? You know, I could, I could say these words. You brood of vipers. I could, I could get up here and brimstone and fire and all that stuff. But John is doing it for me, so I don't have to. Uh, so... Maybe just think of what is he saying? What is he calling us to do? You know, I can help, under, help us understand perhaps this image, but it's, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes to talk about this need for repentance. But John, John doesn't hold back. He's a saint. We call him Saint John the Baptist. So he's coming for a purpose to preach this, this message directed to us. And he's offering us this chance to be saved from our sins and turn back to the Lord. So we might ask ourselves, where do we need repentance? Maybe, maybe you're saying to yourself, well, I've, I've already repented. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And if that's the case, great. Uh, but maybe there's areas in our hearts, or I know there's areas in my heart where I need to repent and to separate out those things so that the fruit that the Lord is looking for can be brought forward. If we've nurtured and cared for if we've been nurtured and cared for in our lives by God, God has provided the things that we need. Um, it's not that he just wants to give us just gifts all the time for no purpose. They're given so that we can give back, right? They're, they're offered to us so that we can share from the bounty that he has given to us. And so that's something for us to ponder. This image of the tree and the axe line at the root of the tree is a little scary too. What is that all about? Well, it's, I think he's saying... Uh, there's other places in scripture where Jesus talks about this idea of, you know, if the tree isn't producing, then cut it down. It needs to be, it's, it's wasting the soil. We need, we need fruit. And if there's no fruit, then don't let it uh, take up the, the nutrients. So there can be that sense that we too have been placed in the church to serve, to give, uh, to produce the fruit. What does that look like for us? Where is the Lord inviting us to grow and share the, the harvest? So today's gospel is kind of a gut check for us, I would say. It's, it might feel like a gut punch, but it's, it's really just a chance for us to examine ourselves, look at our lives, and uh, just as it jolted John's first audience, it maybe is jolting us too. All these years later, we should be carefully considering our own lives. And what, what, what do we see? Are we open to God? Are we, have we repented of our sins? Are we trying to produce fruit for the kingdom of God? Or have we sort of gotten distracted with everything going on around us? Jesus is coming, right? The, the, the gospel helps us to re remember this. Jesus is coming. His time is short. 
He will be here. He's looking for a harvest. What can we show for our, all the gifts and graces that God has given to us? What can we show for it? When we are being disciplined, it can be tempting to point fingers at other reasons for why we did what we did or what, why we used the time the way we did or why there's no fruit. You know, like we've probably all been in that situation. Like, well, uh, let me see here. The, the reason why this didn't go the way it should is not my fault. I didn't do it. Just look over there at so-and-so or that person and it's easy to point fingers. But at the end of the day, can we look at our own hearts and say, Lord, yes, I need to repent. I need to come back to you. And these are the areas where I've maybe squandered the gift or not used the gift well. So if we have that situation where we recognize I need to repent, now is the time, right? Now is the time to come to the Lord, receive his mercy and beg forgiveness. He's merciful. We have a, a merciful God who's always willing to receive us. He does not treat us harshly when we repent. But if we wait too long, if we never turn to him, if we never seek repentance, then the time of repentance will pass and then it'll be the time of purifying fire, which we would rather avoid. So, I guess this is a simple invitation to take the opportunity to make amends in our lives where we need to. Part of uh, Advent is, a, is making a good confession, I would say. There's, there's opportunities before each Mass to make a confession, or if you want to, there's a, a, the different penance services available in our area. Um, so you might check our bulletin in the next weeks. We'll be putting those in there. Uh, but the first step is to repent by coming, coming to the Lord, admitting our faults. And then the next step is more hard. It's more challenging in a sense to, to do the hard work of making a change in our life, of changing how we live so that we don't just kind of spin our wheels in the muck and the mud, but that we get somewhere. We, we produce the fruit that the Lord is looking for. So now is the time. Let's not waste it. Let's take this opportunity to receive the Lord's mercy and then go forward into the kingdom of God, producing the fruit that he's looking for.